You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Isak Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm right. Thanks, man. How are you? You took a breath there. That was weird. It flew through me. It was like uh, it was like Silas's goal for Stuttgart against Union. A little little fake stutter and then Listen, finish. oh my God. Union, can I just say, it's a tough year, eh? Yeah, I know. Eight straight defeats. Dude. And, and it's- they got Napoli. They got Napoli at home and some people are calling... The spiritual Stadio Derby. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're late. By the way, we uh, we couldn't be at our microphones at the same time today yes, until yes. now. So we're currently recording this during Spurs Fulham nil nil at the moment at recording. So, but uh, yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just um, at the top of it, just to say, look, we always check in with listeners. Mm. This has been an especially difficult week for listeners who have Palestinian heritage, who have relatives in Gaza, uh, in and around. Listeners who um, are Israeli, Jewish heritage with relatives in Israel, um, and really going through it. And like you know, we know it's um, there are so many trouble spots in the world, hot spots, you know, horrifying things going on. But in particular, we've heard from people who are really feeling it um, there. So just to check in and say, look, we know a lot of you are hurting. So we're thinking of you. We do see it. We're reading it. We're watching like everyone else. But yeah. Horror upon horror upon horror. Yep, yep, yep. And um, yeah, we just hope everyone's doing all right. Yep. Um, but yeah, we're going we're gonna to try and, uh, I don't know, provide a little bit of a distraction for a bit. Talk about some football. Some of our favourites making distractions this, uh, this weekend for sure. Some old some classics. Some of our yep. favourites. Right. Can I do a couple of just... Bits of admin. Uh, yeah, you sure, were sure. on Righty's House with Clive Palmer from the Arsenal Vision podcast. I was. I enjoyed it very much. And obviously Ian Wright. Mm. Uh, you talked about Chelsea 2, Arsenal 2. I thought mm. you guys did a great breakdown of that. I listened to that this morning. Oh, thank you. And um, the late grapes of Bobby Charlton, which we will talk about shortly as well, mm. um, sadly passed away over the weekend. I'll be joining Ian on Wednesday to talk about Arsenal's trip to Sevilla. Mm. And then you will be joining Mioa and Ian on Friday. 
I will so indeed. there you go. There's that's uh, the righty's house for this week. Make sure you go and check Counterpress Flo and the gang. They've got the WSL stuff covered from the weekend. Yeah, obviously we'll be back on Thursday with some Champions League stuff. Uh, just a quick thing, we haven't really said it for a while, but if you if you do like the show, mm. the rating and review would be lovely, if possible. And um, we're recording this late on Monday, as we mentioned, so we're going to whiz through some of the stuff from the weekend. Mm. And um, let's get into it after this. Do it. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, man. So should we begin in mainland Europe? And we'll whiz around there quickly before we Let's return to the Premier League. Let's do it. Um, okay. Should we talk about Jose Mourinho getting sent off against Monza? Roma got a late 1-0 win over Monza. Uh, Stefan El Sharawi scoring right at the end of the game, 19th yep. minute. And uh, Jose just couldn't be cool. He couldn't. He couldn't be cool. He turned around. He gave it some crybaby stuff. And then expected the red card so much that he literally just was just like, okay, yeah. He was asking for it. He was asking for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He really wanted it, I think. I think he really, really wanted it. Um, But Roma winning 1-0 against Monza. Um, Victor Osimhen's absence for Napoli meant that we saw... Wait, I don't think we meant... No, Victor, no problem. Well, we had some uh, vintage... I mean, it's hard to say vintage about a player who's so young, but vintage Kravich Yes. Um, a brace for him. He loved the responsibility. A beautiful brace, yeah. Two lovely Hellas Verona's 3-1 win. Uh, in Napoli's 3-1 win over Hellas Verona. Politano getting the other goal. And uh, Lazovic with a great goal for Hellas Verona as well. There yeah, were really, really nice. good goals this weekend. There were a lot of like... um, I wouldn't say spectacular, but... There was some clean finishing. Deliberate. Like, there's a decisiveness about them. Like even the yeah. El Sharawi goal... Just taking control in the penalty area. Ball was bobbling around a bit. And he was like, no, I'm lashing this in. Um, Quarat Scalia's goals were lovely because him just taking that responsibility, seeing that, you know, obviously Osemen's out and, you know, Quarat Scalia had a difficult few months struggling to score. So nice to see him getting back amongst it. And Napoli, a sluggish start to the season, it's fair to say. But this is the thing, just missing Kim Min Jae in defence. Like it's such a huge, you, know, you see it with Napoli, you see it with Brighton. There's only so many times you can sell incredible players and keep at the same level. Mm. Like w- watching Brighton against City, Man City, part of me was watching thinking Brighton aren't quite Brighton at some points. I know they're still doing great in the league, but you know, the fluidity of the play and the style yeah. and the proactive nature, that's going to happen when you lose Caicedo and McAllister. Like it's going to happen in Sanchez. Like it's just... It's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. But Napoli um, doing work, Inter looked good. They did look serious. good. Marcus Turam is doing work. You said this before, like he looks so comfortable in that shirt. Yeah, he really does, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, they got love. They beat Torino 3-0. I suppose the biggest game in terms of reputation profile was Juventus beating Milan 1-0. Defected goal from Locatelli, who several years ago, seven years ago, had scored the winner for Milan against Juventus. Yeah. And he definitely didn't celebrate like muted. he scored against his old club, it was did he? It was none it of was... this kind of like hands up stuff. It was like... He was a bit hyped. He was a bit hyped. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was, he was loving it. It was, venge- it was vengeful. Timothy Weir playing for Juve against his dad's old club. Incredible. Um, so King George. Nice. Milan down to 10 in this game in the first half. Malik Tiao got sent off. Mm. Couldn't really have any complaints. I don't know. But uh, I thought Milan did okay considering they were down to 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the goal um, itself the wasn't the worst concession. A, yeah. Yeah. No, no. Let's go to the Bundesliga very quick because it's kind of yeah. as you were at the top. Um, Leverkusen beating Wolfsburg 2-1. Stuttgart beating Union 3-0 at Union. Uh, we mentioned... They're in, tr- they're in trouble. They're in trouble, Ryan. We mentioned Silas's goal. Girassi got a great goal early on and then went off injured, which is worrying for Stuttgart. And then uh, Musa Wonga fave, Dennis Undav. Yes. Scoring the third for Stuttgart. But yeah, Union are well and truly in trouble. Eight games played in the league, six points. They're only two points above the relegation zone. Um, Köln, two below them, got their first win of the season in the derby against yeah, Gladbach. Very good with that. Massive. I mean, really, really needed. Bayern beating Mainz, who are bottom of the table, 3-1. Although I thought this was, first of all, I thought this was a really good game. Second of all, I thought Mainz were actually pretty good and kind of unlucky. They hit the well, Mainz, Mainz really, when Mainz turn up, they turn up. Yeah, but they're just not turning up at the moment. And they no, actually no. did turn up for a change. But Sven Allright made an amazing save. Yeah. I think they hit the woodwork once or twice. They could have. They got back into it at 2-1. They could have got back into it at 3-2. I think, in fact, I think they could have equalised not long before Goretzka got the third. Gorgeous goal, that. Yeah, he needed that. Well, the, all good goals, I thought, in this game. Like Anthony Cassidy's goal was great. Kingsley Coman's goal was great. Harry Kane, just a very good Harry Kane goal. And Goretzka's third for Bayern was, was really good as well. Mm. Dortmund ticking along nicely. Another lovely finish. Oh, Julian Brandt. There was, there was a moment in the first half where him and I think it was Marco Royce almost recreated that amazing goal yes, this, that I always talk ice about dancer, against ice Leipzig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leipzig beating Darmstadt 3-1 in Darmstadt. Uh, we're two weeks away from Dortmund Bayern, Musa. Mm. It's on the horizon. Mm. And uh, I'm hyped. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Um, so one of the key games from the weekend, a young debutante getting the winner for Barcelona against Athletic Club. Yeah, Mark Guyou. 17 years old. There was a, it was a big look at his face, just look at his face moment. Delightful. Keeping them I mean, in it was the a great. It was a running. good goal as well, man. Sergio Ramos... I suppose played for his old club against his other old club. Yeah, got into it with Rudiger, which is interesting. I'd love a trans. I'd love a transcript of that. He did get into it with Rudiger. Severe drawing one all with Real Madrid. Uh, I suppose the um, the outstanding performance was the Antoine Griezmann hat trick. Antoine Griezmann with a hat trick uh, as Atleti beat Celta Vigo three 0 Lovely finishes, all of these. Uh, Griezmann just he's a perennial. Just one of my favourites. Just always delivers. Always well. Tough time at Barca, I know, but like, it's always the work rate. Like, even when he's playing badly, he always, always has so much grit. Mm. Another win for Girona, and they go joint top on points. Well, level on points with Real Madrid, Real Madrid at the top. Uh, second only on goal difference, and uh, Real Sociedad beat Mallorca 1-0 to round up the top five. 
Uh, before we go to the Premier League, can we just shout out the great Christine Sinclair, who has decide, decided to retire from international football? Mm. Um, the all-time international leading goal scorer, men or women's. And uh, she will have a two farewell games against uh, Australia on December 1st and the 5th. An absolutely incredible career. Imagine being that could have two farewell games. Unreal. 190 goals in 327 games for Canada. And she'll be retiring age 40 for the national side. Uh, absolutely incredible. Props to Christine Sinclair. What a yeah. career. Extraordinary. And I suppose before we move on to the Premier League, mm. we should... Mentioned the passing of the late, great Sir Bobby Charlton. Yes, yes. You guys had a lovely chat about him briefly on Wright's House, where Clive, he thought that he was England's best ever player. You know, I love that because it's, the beauty of that opinion is that he will always be in the conversation. Like a hundred years from now, Sir Bobby Charlton will still be in the conversation. And how many footballers can say that? If you think of all the different eras that have come since then, um, more resources in the game. I mean, the crowds are still huge. They were huge back then mm. too, but... He is some that people look at that they say that greats in every era, a great in one era be a great in every era. And I think he's the perfect example of that in terms of, I mean, he was 80, 86 years old. So they say, as they say mm. in cricket, it's a good innings, a great long life, someone that was a, a great survivor, technically outstanding with either foot and an inspiration. It was kind of, you know, there was a moment when, when United won the European Cup or the Champions, well, the Champions League in 1999. It's so important they did that because with all he'd done with Munich and surviving that, it just felt like that he could see that. Mm. That he could see that he'd sort of take, because without him, there's no, there's no modern United. No. Think of what he did and like what he carried, having to resurrect the club and drag it, drag it back to greatness and retain its aura and how much he must have missed. You know, think how many friends he must be missing. He must have missed the last few years of his life. Mm. And even when you achieve, and you achieve something and it's bittersweet because they're not there to share it with you. So an incredible life, not just an astonishing footballer, but by all accounts, a remarkable human being. Thoughts with his uh, family, loved ones and friends. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. 
Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. All right, man, let's go to the Premier League because it was kind of... It was kind of vintage. I don't want to do the thing. I'm going to say the line. It was vintage Barclays. It was, it was, it was. There were comebacks, goals galore, like really, really good goals this weekend. Ropey handballs, ropey goalkeeping. Can I say, before we start the full roundup, Aston Villa, we can see you. John McGinn, we see you on Leon Bailey's Instagram. Exactly. Talking that talk. (laughs) That is a great team spirit. They've got a great squad there. Let's start with Villa because yeah, they were yeah. absolutely emphatic against West Ham. A good West Ham side who have yes, been, you yes. know, we've praised at points this season. A 4-1 win. Douglas Louise with a brace. Yes. The first Aston Villa player to score in six consecutive home games in the Premier League. Uh, Dwight York was the previous, had the previous record, which was five. Incredible stat. An amazing stat, for, for an, especially for a midfielder. It speaks to the quality of football Villa are playing, um, the way they're spreading goals throughout the team and the way that they are just pulling defenders out of position with their movement up top mm. as well. All of that. They're so, so good to watch. And I know that they're nervous about us paying them attention. <laughs> Trying to go under the radar, but unfortunately that's not going to happen because the football they're playing is just too good. There's a goal that Ollie Watkins scored. Oh. The step- when I saw that, then you know, I thought, I thought to myself, you only watch like an elite striker or a striker elevate. Like in real time, when you're watching something, you're like, that is now just the standard thing for him. That's his energy now. That's his confidence. You see Ollie Watkins doing that and you're like, oh my God, like he's going to another level altogether. Do you know this, uh, this Ollie Watkins performance reminded me of? What's that? Olivier Giroud 2013, because he missed that absolute sitter in the first half, right? And uh, he scores, this, uh, yeah, he scores yeah. this unbelievable goal in the second. And I was yeah. just like, it's pure, that's pure Giroud, man. That's pure like decade ago Olivier Giroud. And, and that's, not, that's not to diss Ollie Watkins at all. I think Olivier Giroud was a far better striker back then than people thought he was just pure, pure we've talked about this before I'm not going to go over it purely because he came after Robin Van Persie but um, he definitely but had yeah, a moment Giroud I, but Giroud definitely had a moment strikers definitely have a moment of you're going to give me my goddamn respect you're mm-hmm. all going to pay attention now you've been talking the talk oh he's a breakthrough this he's this no that every striker has that moment of that goal where they're like you're all going to pay attention and that felt that, that felt like that <laughs> yeah Totally did. Loved it. Um, Leon Bailey got a banger as well. Oh my that God. Was... That's so sick. And I, not long after coming on as a substitute either. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brentford beat Burnley 3-0. All the goals in this game were sick as well. But yeah, just Burnley. You know, I was looking at that bottom of that table and thinking, it's going to be like, you know, I was looking like, obviously Luton have had like a couple of good results recently. Just thinking, it's one of those leagues where because the, the bottom teams are struggling so much, right? So, so mm. much. Like even... Like notably this year, they're really, really finding it tough to pick up points. It's going to be a league, I feel like, where the five teams at the bottom are just not going to look above them. They're just going to get each other's results. And that mm. sounds a very early thing to say, but unless one thing goes on a bit of a run, they're really, really struggling to... Because I mean, just you consider how good Burnley were last year in the championship and how they're just getting an it's absolute... a hard jump to make, yeah. But this, it's, it's been tough before, but it just feels like tougher than usual doesn't it yeah I think it's the it's the sheer volume of goals that they're conceding you that's know, the shift, thing yeah, shift, yeah. Three, three to City three to Villa five to Spurs um, two away at Newcastle not wild, not not too bad but then four to Chelsea at home three away to to, to Brentford who uh, Brentford who haven't been really no classic Brentford no 
they haven't this season. That's that. I mean, they've played nine games now. They've got ten points, and that you know that was their f- that was a that was a big win for them and much needed win. They've struggled to kind of like re- reconfigure after Ivan Tony's. Uh, yes, it's a huge loss though. But, um, yeah, huge. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's a massive loss. Like you've seen the kind of like the the links that he's got for the for January. It's it shows you kind of how how, how highly he's uh, regarded. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Wolves beating Bournemouth two one. Solanke's goal was lovely, a little flick in this, and then uh, Hertha legend Mateus Cunha with a <laughs> really <laughs> lovely goal, and <laughs> Kal- another Bundesliga legend Kaladzic uh, with the winner for Wolves. Do you want to talk about Newcastle quick? Because they stuck four past Palace and they made them look Newcastle. Very, sort of, you Newcastle, know we're about dispatching. This was a, this was a Newcastle did that, did that thing to, to Crystal Palace where when they're on at home, you know, and it sounded loud. It sounded... Oh my God, really, it sounded so loud. Yeah, yeah. They're on the, when, when they go at a team at home and they're really feeling it, they can they can blow almost anybody away. That's the thing at this point. Longstaff again popping up with a goal, a great driven finish. Callum Wilson, superb finisher. I mean, he's such a good finisher. There's times I think, I look up his stats and think, do you have like a goal every, do you have like two goals every three games or something? Because he just, he just is like such a, he's been one of my favourite finishers for a long time, Callum Wilson. Um, Mm. And he was again decisive here. Newcastle, look, five points off the lead. Um, you know, Carl was telling us in the, in the chat, he was saying, at what point do we talk about Newcastle as a, a title prospect? Now, I think, look, my view on this is they have to, they, I know they beat City in the um, Carabao, but I think they have to beat someone brilliant in the league for that to begin to be a conversation. But they're in the mix. They're in the mix, for sure. And they're ahead of schedule too, considering... You know some of the expenditures, and they they are ahead of schedule. Yeah, I mean they started the season so well with that win over Villa, and then they lost to City, they lost to Liverpool at home, they lost to Brighton away, and they kind of got they really got played off the park by Brighton. I think their results, maybe apart from the City game in the Carabao Cup, mm. their results have kind of and maybe I think the PSG one is is a, is actually a trick. It's an amazing result on an amazing Champions League night, but I think it's a tricky one to to properly analyse in a footballing sense because so much of it was about like the occasion. We saw what Lons did to Arsenal, right? Yeah, also PSG are a mess. Lons were a really, really good side last season. They, they mm. lost a lot of players, but that's that return to the Champions League, first home game in the Champions League, mm. it's, it mirrored Newcastle's situation a lot and you could just tell that it gave them massive cliche, but it just made them, it just gave them that little bit extra. And, and PSG, I think just, in the weeks leading up to that, we talked about it before how they just felt a little bit all over the place. Mm. Drawing then, then drawing away at West Ham for the international break, and then yeah, dispatching not the worst, not the, not, got, not the worst result. Those are not three really results. But like, they've got yeah, but they, you know they've got Dortmund at home this week, mm. and again, I actually think like in a foot in a footballing sense, that's that's a tricky one to figure out where they are at. So I can't I can't work out exactly how good Dortmund are yet. <laughs> well, no, no, yeah, because yeah. they're kind of ticking along, but um, they're unbeaten in the Bundesliga. But they have, they've, they've again, even on the week, on the weekend, on Friday against Werder Bremen, there were, there were moments where they looked like they were gonna let, let Werder back into it, mm. and it for, for a couple of moments in that game, you thought, okay, is this going to be another one of those classic like Dortmund let it slip at the end of the game kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a cliche, but it's just way too early to tell. I think for anyone in the Premier League, like. The fact that people still won't commit to talking about Spurs, I think, shows you that. Because, I mean, Spurs, by the way, currently are 1-0 up against mm. Fulham. 
but that put that if it stays that way, they win the game. They're, they're going to go top of the table. Yeah, kind of very similar to what Arsenal did last season in the sense that when someone new comes to the four, you, you saw how long it took for people to really commit to saying that Arsenal were actually legit going to win the league yeah, last yeah, season, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then actually as soon as people did, it kind of fell apart for them anyway. Well, it didn't fall apart, but quantum Arsenal once you start observing this, start behaving differently. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't. But anyway. That doesn't matter. I don't think Newcastle are worried about that yet. I don't think anyone is really worried about that yet. It is classic one game at a time territory at the mm. moment. And I think especially after that run of three straight defeats, kind of turning the tide on that is just big. And if they can yeah. keep in contention, I mean, I still, I, think, I still think the goal for Newcastle is just Champions League again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They should be pushing for at least a top four spot, especially yeah. with the resources now. And mm you know, being in the Champions League. Yeah, I mean, a 4-0 win at home to Palace is kind of what you'd expect a Champions, well, not even a Champions League side, like a top two, three side to do. Some, mm. I mean, some teams have really struggled to beat Palace at home, Man City being one of them over the last couple of years. It's a slightly subpar result for Palace, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about City quickly because they uh, came, they raced out of the blocks against Brighton. They did. Two they, good goals. They, 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 they got what they wanted in that the opening phase. They really did, right? Mm. They were... Rodri being back is obviously a huge factor, but just Brighton looked suffocated in a way they haven't for a while, mm. just in terms of a game like that where, I mean, Matoma was obviously a, a bright element. He's always great. But I think generally the way Brighton were moving the ball about, it wasn't the same, how do I say it? Not, not intensity, but it's not fair to say. They just weren't as, they weren't, they weren't spellbinding like they were at their peak at certain points uh, last year against teams that pressed very well. City got what they wanted and... It was, it was just business-like, actually, with this game. It, but yeah, it, it felt for a period that it was going to be one of those like, oh no, Pep's absolutely hammered and at the team whose manager he adores and has right, praised. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and especially because a lot of people were, were maybe tipping this as Pep's potential successor mm. against Pep, you know. And, uh, Which it could well be. Opening 20, could well, yeah. yeah, I mean, that opening 20 minutes just it didn't look good for Brian. But I think they did much better in the second half. They got the they goal did. back with Ansu Fati. I mean, they're seventh. They're seventh. That's great. I mean, and they're like, they've scored like 20 odd goals. They're, you know, they're shipping a few too many, but if they fix that, they fix the defensive issues. I think they're structural, but that's not fair. That we, we saw them getting destroyed against Villa and it was a mix of structural problems and individual ones. If they sort out the defensive stuff, they're laughing. There's not that much to fix, actually. And don't forget, like, Colwell was a massive loss for them. If they'd had Colwell, yeah. like, you know, so they have like, you know, we've said this before, there's only so many brilliant players you can keep losing and performance not dipped to an extent. And I know that Deserve will be mm. critical of the way they executed, but there's a personnel issue with Brighton. Mm. Um, so maybe a little bit more, a little bit more depth and they'll, they'll be fine again. Let's talk about Manchester United beating Sheffield United 2-1. Uh, Scott McTominay was on a journey. He's been on a journey for the last few months, actually. Yeah, so I he mean, scored a goal. Scoring the opener. <laughs> it was a great opener as well. was. Six minutes later, conceded the penalty with a handball. Um, Amrabat clattered the crossbar as well with a gorgeous strike and that would have been a great way to open your United account but yeah like Matomane on a journey uh, and actually I don't know I quite sounds patronised to say I find actually him quite I find him quite endearing because if you think of the journey he's been on the criticism he's had mm. and how he's found his spot both for club and country and he went, you know, it's a bit like what Fellaini went through, Maron Fellaini, where you're in a position where you're, there's expectation of you that's not your fault. Yeah. 
you were right, you're getting a lot of games at a certain point in the club's history when it's in transition and you're expected to be some kind of savior in a, in a particular spot. And it's just not your, it's not your pay grade to be the savior of an entire club. It's for very few people. But McTominay, what I love about him is it's just if everyone had his work ethic, his attitude, it's got to be laughing. And that, it's not always easy to have that level of confidence, no. but I think his greatest strength is his resilience, actually. I th- do you know what, though? I think in, because Casemiro was injured, within it, uh, was out injured. Mm. And I think that that three of Amrabat, McTominay and Finanche is, mm. while it maybe looked, it looks like a three who hadn't played together, mm. not with any regularity. Mm. But um, I think there were glimpses of it potentially being an interesting configuration of a midfield three. It's because good I balance, feel like right? Casemiro. Yeah, I mean, Casemiro, I think his form has dipped this season. I think that's there were moments phys- last physical season. Aspect, physical aspect. Yeah, and I mean, understandably so. Like, he's getting to that stage of his career where I don't think you're going to see peak Casemiro. Yeah. Um, and I think that what maybe McTominay lacks in absolute top-tier elite midfield play, he more than makes up for in some kind of intangibles, which I think alongside Finanche and Amrabat, who is new to the club, but mm. I feel like could be a really, really handy piece of that United midfield. Mm. It does offer United a little bit more legs, I think. They all work extremely hard. Amrabat can be very yeah. disciplined in that role. It's, it reminds me when, 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 um, when Matic played alongside McTominay and McTominay had a, slight, had a slightly more free role and Matic had the watching brief, which Amrabat can do. Mm. And it's a nice contrast of styles because it's a nightmare to play against. Mm. You know, you've got, you've got three hardworking players in that midfield who all like to play forward, who are all quite enterprising. And I think that's something that, you know, particularly on the counter, Ten Hag can really use. Mm. In one of the games where side came from 2-0 down, Forrest conceded a 2-0, well, let a 2-0 lead against Luton Town slip. Uh, Ogbeni and Adebayo getting the goals back for Luton after Chris Wood got a brace for Forrest. Uh, Adebayo's Equaliser came in the 92nd Can I say, minute. I'm really chuffed for Luton. I mean, no disrespect, no disrespect to Forrest, just because Luton were putting some really good performances early this year and just not getting any change from them. It was nice to see them getting a bit of um, a rub of good luck, actually. I mean, if Luton can pick up the odd point here and there in games like this, it'll all add up because they're 17th at the moment. Everton are only two points ahead of them. Forrest are five points ahead. So there's a bit of a 16th down there's already a tiny bit of a gap opening up between them right. and, the, and the teams above. And I think mm. that, you know how like, um, there's like a thing in the NBA, like the schedule loss, right? Where right, you okay. kind of, yeah, you, yeah. You, go, you go on like a four game road trip and you're like, oh yeah, that final one is going to be like, like we're going to lose yeah, that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I think if Rob Edwards can put together almost like a Moneyball-esque, instead yeah. of looking for wins every week or here, there and everywhere, being like, right, point here, point here, point here, point here, point here. And actually then we can afford to lose twice against Arsenal or twice against Man City or twice against Manchester United or, or whatever, right? Mm. Um, Newcastle, uh, Chelsea, Liverpool. I'm trying to, I'm just trying to not no, leave anyone. Of course, no, of course, of course. <laughs> That's just not something Burnley are really doing at the moment. It's definitely not something that Sheffield United are doing and it's not something that Bournemouth are doing, mm. really. Now, I know that they've only got, you know, they've only got one point more than Burnley, but I'm just saying, none of those sides down there are really picking up points that are enough over a rate. So mm. Forrest, you know, had a lot of recruitment, 
been in the league a year, had a lot of investment. If they can pick up points at games like that away or the teams around them, you know, you look at someone like, I don't know, Brentford, Fulham, Wolves, that, that mid-table pack, that might really come to save them at the end of the season. Mm. And if they stay up, that'd be kind of miraculous. It would be. And also, but it's also absolutely within, they're streetwise enough. I mean, again, it's resources, but it's such a smart, I mean, Robert was such a smart coach that let's see how he, he, he figures it out. But yeah, it's exciting. I think this season, the Premier League feels like it's very much in three thirds. Okay, yeah, no, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. And those bands are clearly defined, Ryan. Yeah, but they can, you know, they could change over the season, but I think at the moment you're already starting to, to see, see that kind mm. of formulate. Um, but yeah, let's go to uh, Anfield for the Merseyside derby, which was on uh, Saturday lunchtime. Mm. Uh, a Mo Salah brace, a penalty in the 97th minute. Clincher offered Darwin Nunez assist, which was lovely, perfectly timed. You know, this is the thing. This game, I've got to say, um, the it's so interesting watching Liverpool this year. We talked before about how teams managing stages and substitutions being so vital. And Darwin Nunez is such a such a significant asset to bring off the bench that Liverpool generally feel like two teams at the moment. You know, I don't, I don't mean that in a, in, a, in a critical way. I mean that as in soften them up with this and then try Nunez later. And mm. just because Liverpool, they really had to be determined against Everton because Everton defensively were just, they were kind of immense. Like if you consider the, the onslaught that Liverpool levelled at them. Yeah, I mean, especially and, after losing Ashley Young so early in the game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was, you know, two yellows and I don't think anyone had massive complaints about the... No, the second one was so silly. I mean, mm. I know it's one of those that if you win the ball and everything's fine, but mm. it's just a bit like, that is such a gamble to do on a yellow from a really, really experienced pro. Yeah. Um, especially in a derby, I just think it was just such a... I don't think it was an, a necessary tackle. Mm. You know? No, agreed, agreed, agreed. I really liked some of what Harvey Elliott did when he came on for Liverpool. Um, but, oh yeah, yeah. yeah he had that he, one effort that was yeah, and just his just his general movement, his touch, his vision in and around was great. But obviously, Mo Salah getting the headlines. I don't think there's a massive controversy over the penalty. I would say, yeah, within, it's, within, yeah it's one of those within the ones we've seen given this season. It didn't like the wildest award, and I got to say as well, Darwin Nunez. A shout out to him. So Salah put the penalty away, very straightforward. But a quick shout out to Darwin Nunez for Salah's decisive second. The way that he held that on the counter. That is something he was not doing last season. That decisiveness, no, yeah. that decision-making. Not that he wasn't capable of it, more because he, you know, it was a lot. Playing I think Liverpool he was very raw. Like, yeah, I, I think, think he, he was, was very he was. raw. He hadn't been at Benfica that long. People but we're now seeing it. it. We're, we're now seeing it. Yeah. Also, I want to shout out Jurgen Klopp for the most perfectly timed substitution of all time because Ibrahim Kanate absolutely <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> wow. For that second yellow. <laughs> and as soon as he did it, Klopp was like, yo. I love that. I love that. When you see something, off th- that's right enough now. of that. And then instead, Sean Dyche got the book in. Oh my God. <laughs> no, you're right. Like, that, that sub oh, was like, Sean Dyche. Poor was sinking. He was, he was looking, he was sinking something. But in all honesty though, that's a key moment in the game. 25 minutes to go-ish. Yep. Leveling up the, the the, the number of players on both sides. So, I don't know, yeah. I mean, if I was an Everton fan, I'd be infuriated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, it was, it was, yeah, it was ridiculous. And on their way, on their um, way it would have been an excellent point and a much needed one, frankly. Well, I mean, who knows if they would have even got back into the game, but I'm just saying they would have had a lot better yeah. chance against 10 
than they mm. would have done against that 11. Yeah. Uh, can I just shout out that midfield three for Liverpool though? Zobersly, McAllister and Gravenberg. Mm. Just, they just look really good. Really nice balance of, of midfield there. Jota looked good coming up from the flank. Um, some really quick feet as well. I liked mm. it. I like what Liverpool gave us actually in this game. And they look, they look serious again this year. They really do. They do look serious. Um, Spurs have just gone 2-0 up against Fulham. So uh, it looks like Spurs will be going to the top of the Premier League. Outright. Ah, who got the second? It was James Madison. Ah. So Son with the first, Madison with the second. Spurs are going to the top of the Premier League. They are. Wonderful. Very impressive stuff. And they play again on Friday as well, which means that they could extend their... Assuming it stays like this. It's 40 mm. minutes, well, 35 minutes ago. All right, let's wrap on Chelsea 2, Arsenal 2. The reason mm. we're wrapping on this is because you, you did a big bit on, on Wright's house That's about right, it. But yeah. um, this is one of those games where I think both Chelsea fans and Arsenal fans could really lean into the positives about it. Right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It was almost like a game of cope for both. Ha, ha, ha. Do you know what I mean? Some, yes. Some it was hard actually, coping from both You know what's funny? Bases. Because you know, derbies exist in their own kind of pocket universe. This is kind of a London derby. And the weird thing about derbies is they both have almost no connection to the rest of the football calendar, but they're also quite a good moment to take stock of where teams are. And this was a perfect, I think, example of where both clubs are in their development or their arc. So you've got Arsenal, who a very good side, who I think still slightly struggle to put teams away when they're below their best. Um, I think they could maybe have players that stole games. I don't, that's my always thing with Arsenal. They don't steal enough games for me when mm. things aren't flowing. And Chelsea, I thought, was the first time we've seen what, what, what Poch is really planning. This is the first time I've watched them and thought, yeah, this is how it's going to look. And it feels quite weirdly, slightly reminiscent of Nagelsmann's RB Leipzig with Nkunku to come back, of course, just in terms of the way they're compact, the pressing, the midfield is extremely solid. You look at like Caicedo and Enzo Fernandez is an excellent midfield. Conor Gallagher, superb energy Raheem Sterling is just on one this year um, he's been superb the last um, few weeks and Mudrick you know Mudrick playing with a bit more freedom and that's credit to Poch Poch has brought that out of him and Cole Palmer Cole Palmer's passing on that surface was a delight so yeah I just thought it was actually I thought it was a good result for Arsenal how did you see the game? I, I, I don't think there were many definitives from the game like for example I think Chelsea did well but I don't think mm. this was by any way a tactical masterclass. I think they did okay. And what I, what I mean by that is that I think they, they limited Arsenal or they stopped Arsenal from playing the way that Arsenal wanted to play. Mm. At the end of the day, it was a penalty and a mishit cross that they got the goals from. So they, I can't remember them creating a huge amount of clear-cut chances outside of those two. The only one was the, the, the Raya the misplaced pass coming out. I think it was, I think what I mean by that is the way they, it was the pressure, the, the, mispl- the, the types of passes that Arsenal misplaced, particularly in the first half hour, they don't misplace unless Chelsea are actually coming in quite a smart way. Like the Jorginho stuff, Odegaard a couple of... Yeah, yeah maybe, 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 but I th- I'm, I'm not doing this to discredit Chelsea in any way at all because I've thought Chelsea were good, mm. but I think that I don't want to, I don't want to, like I still think that this Chelsea has a, has another gear. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to see how they respond to one of their best performances of the season by not winning the game after being 2-0 up. 
is a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I think Chelsea were good. I don't think Chelsea were amazing. I think Arsenal really took a while to figure out what kind of game they were in. You know, like Clive mentioned it on, on Rice House where he said it was like a long studs kind of game. Mm. This told me more what I know about Arsenal than what I know about Chelsea. Mm. The only massively definitive thing that I think we learned from Chelsea is that Cole Palmer is moving exactly like a man who has just rocked up in London is moving by like yeah. being like, I'm taking, give me the fucking I'm ball. taking that penalty. Go, yeah, nah, give me the ball. Is... I'm taking, I'm taking a pen. I'm taking a pen. And I, and do you know what? I kind of love that. And he's got this, he's got a real, I, I really liked him centrally. I'm intrigued to see if Poch plays him more there because Obviously, before that, he's he's been used more in a in a wide position for for what we've seen from him from the City days and even early days at Chelsea. Really, I thought Mudrick was really good. Mm. I thought so. I kind of respect that he did the arms out Jude Bellingham esque celebration on something that was a bit of a mishap. <laughs> I kind of respect it more. I think I respect it more actually. Um, but I, I, you know, another thing as well, it's like it was loud in there, man. Mm. Great atmosphere. Mm. It felt like a proper game, you know, with the rain coming down and stuff like that. Um, I think the handball is, for the penalty, was... Uh, <sighs> Seen them given just, but felt a bit harsh, this is just, yeah. No, no, no. I just think this is, this, is, this is one that's just like, these shouldn't be given, but they are going to be given on, until the law gets rewritten. So we need to just get used to it. In, yeah, exactly. I think yeah. Under, what, un, under what the wording is, it's a penalty. Yeah. But that's just not like how you play football. Right. Like you cannot... You cannot jump without using your arms, yeah. really, like in, in, a, in a way like that. So I got no qualms with it being given under the, the current wording, let's say, but I think that that's just something they're going to need to change because, yeah. again, it's like it was, a, it was really close proximity. Uh, use your arms to jump. It's going wide. Mm. And then, yeah, the Arsenal comeback. Sanchez, actually, I think, I think he copped too much heat for that pass. Really? I think if you look at the replay, Conor Gallagher just doesn't, I don't think he's just as switched on. No, that's true. I think it's... A, I, also, the, the finish I is, a, I, is I, I don't think it's... I mean, nine times out of ten, that doesn't go in. I think much like David Raya for the Mudrick goal, they've both been undone by something that nine times out of ten just doesn't happen. I, I think they still, they deserve to get a little bit cooked. If I'm, if I'm being completely, I just think in terms of... Maybe. Like the, the positioning for the, for the Mudrick um, mishit, and I think it, I think it was a mishit, I think not the best positioning for that. And I think also the Sanchez thing was, it's just that he leaves the goal exposed. Like even if Rice hadn't, hadn't shot, he could have squared it to someone. Do you mean like Rice's technique? The one thing I'll say about Rice is his technique is underrated. So you know, good. There's that, that amazing, it's the F2 freestylers. He does like an F2 freestylers video doing all these skills okay. that he never does in big matches. And he's absolutely spectacular. Like Declan Rice is holding back. Like if Declan Rice actually wanted to play like street ball, like let's see, his team was like four or five up and he was showboating. He can absolutely showboat with the best of them. And it was funny watching him score that goal because I'm like, we don't really get to see that, that showboat energy from it. It is such a like low percentage finish. It's such a, it, there's, it's, it's a genuinely yeah, incredible it's, it's goal. An, like the amount it moves in the air. And this is why Sanchez thinks he's a bit unlucky. The amount that ball moves in the air. It, it looks like it's going, at one point it's going full circle. It, it really, no, to do, to, to get it in that corner, it was like when, um, there's a goal that Totti scores against Milan years ago in a 3-0 win, I think. Roma beat Milan 3-0. And he goes around the keeper and he's still got loads of it. And he, he bends it with the outside of his right foot into the side netting round a keeper mm. who's on the line. And it's that kind of thing where, yeah, the keeper's kind of culpable, but also it's one of the best finishes you'll see this season. Put it this way. It's probably my favourite finish of the weekend. That's how good a goal it was. 
Yeah. I mean, in a, yeah, because we like we said, there were some amazing goals. But this this, this Rice one was my favourite one. I think, it, well, I mean, I'm an Arsenal fan, so it's easy for me to say. When you see how it moves in the yeah. air, you're like, yeah, that's that's unreal. I think, yeah, I think it was my favourite goal of the weekend. Obviously, I'm a bit biased, so I'm wary of that. But um, yeah, and then uh, Bakayo Saka had had, by his standards, a pretty quiet mm. game with a, an amazing assist for Leandro, Leandro Trossard had just come on. I thought Kai Havertz coming on was brilliant. Mm. Uh, and, and I kind of respected Arteta taking off Erdogan, who clearly just wasn't really having his best day at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of this which just reeked a bit of first game back after the international break. I mean, Chelsea away on the first game coming back on after an international break is just not a fixture you In want. In the rain as well, my goodness. Not for yeah. our... Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, like I was saying before, I think there are, there are things that fans of both sides can really yes, cling on yes. to to take away from it and try and just ignore the other stuff. That's right. Because for Chelsea, I mean, I think, you know, there's still a lot of work to do, especially in that final third, because I think they've been quite good, actually, this season mm. up until that point. It's just, like I said, it didn't, fit, it didn't feel like they created a huge amount of opportunities outside. I of think the, Nkunku the is going to be which, a huge, a huge return for them. That's, that's I think, going to be the kind of catalyst. If he can get, to, if yeah, he can get back to fitness. Also, he's, he's returning from a big injury at a new club for the first time in a new league. And we've seen how many forwards have struggled to mm. to hit the ground running at Chelsea. So I think that the problem with that is that I think they, I actually think Chelsea need to find an, alter, a, a, an alternative solution prior to his return mm. to remove the importance of Christopher Nkunku this season, because that is a huge amount of pressure going on someone who is recovering and returning from a really serious injury. Mm. Looping back to what you said at the beginning, I think maybe a good temperature check on the progress but nowhere near like what both of these teams should hope to be doing come like Christmas oh god time. no 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 not at all no that's right I, that's that's how I feel about it actually that's how I feel about it yeah but yeah to be honest I, I after seeing that the game because I didn't catch the game live mm. I watched it back seeing that it was 2-0 down I was just like dude just get out there with, I did a proper like get out there with a the point that's that's it's it's a good result I, I did a proper like fuck this game moment, dude, and then I, so when I checked it again, it was I was like, oh, it's a good result, dude. Felt like a win, Musa. It felt like that's a win. what I'm saying. It will feel like one as the weeks go on. Should we wrap there? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, we um, yeah, like we mentioned at the top of the show, we hope everyone's doing okay, staying safe, staying well wherever you are. We will be back on Thursday mm. with a Champions League podcast. Uh, as I mentioned, I will be joining Ian on Writers House on Wednesday to talk about Sevilla Arsenal. Don't forget to check Flo and the gang uh, counter-pressed up from the weekend and I think they'll be on Thursday as well and then Musa will be joining me over in Ian on Wright's house on Friday. Until then, don't forget to check the Stadio Outros playlist on Spotify. Speaking of which, playing out on. Can I interest you in a little bit of UK, underground UK song? Can indeed. Now we're going to play out on Step by Step by Kofi. And uh, is there anything you would like to add, Musa? Nothing further. All right, everyone, much love, stay well, and we will be back with you on Thursday. See you then.
This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 